to the book of Ephesians. That shouldn't be a surprise. We've been in this now. This is week number six. Talking this morning on this thought redeemed. But Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, verse number 8. The text will be on the screen. It will be on your handout as well. Ephesians 1, let's look beginning at verse number 7. It says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word today and I thank You for Your presence. I ask you today to speak to us through your word. I ask that you open our ears to hear, open our hearts to receive. And I pray that you would do a work in this place that only you can do. So God, I ask now that you touch my mind, that I can think clearly, touch my lips, that I can speak with clarity. And God, do something amazing in this place. And we'll give you praise and glory for it all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Of all the names that the Bible gives and of all the names that believers give to Jesus Christ, none is more precious than the name Redeemer. There are other names that we use more often such as Lord and Savior and rightly so because those two were Bible terms but no word touches the heart like the word Redeemer. When we say Lord, we're recalling that Jesus Christ is the Master over sin and death. When we say Savior, we are recalling that He saved us from our sin. But when we call Him Redeemer, we remember what it cost Him to save us. Redeemer is the name of Christ on the cross. And so the sermon this morning, we're going to talk about redemption and how Jesus Christ redeemed us from our sin. But before we go any further, we need to define what redemption is. The word redeem means to set free by the payment of a price. It's a word that comes first from the marketplace and it also comes from the slave market and third, it comes from the prison house. Redemption take us to the slave market where men and women who were slaves to sin are set free by the power of Jesus Christ. In biblical times, men, women, and children were routinely bought and sold. They were owned, traded, purchased, and put to work. They could be handed down from one generation to another. You could be born into slavery or you might go into debt and legally fall into slavery. You could be captured by an army and taken as a slave as part of the spoils of war. But if you became a slave in the days of the Bible, there were only two ways you could ever be freed from slavery. In a few rare rare cases, a condemned man might have enough money to pay the price and purchase his own freedom. That purchase price was called redemption. Far more often it would be this, you were in slavery and somebody else took pity or compassion on you and they purchased you out of slavery. Then they, having purchased you, paid the price and if they chose, they could make you work for them as a slave or in rare occasions, they could set you free. The purchase price for a slave was called the redemption money. To redeem means to see a slave, pay the price, take them off the market and set them free. In redemption, there is a divine exchange. One man pays the price so another man can go free. And this morning, that's what Jesus Christ did for us as sinners. He paid the price for our sin that we might go free. And I'm so glad that Jesus paid the price that I go free. 
I had a debt that I could not pay, but Jesus paid the debt that I could be free from my sin and spend eternity with Him in heaven. Now before we go any further in the message, there's three biblical facts that you've got to understand if you're going to know what redemption is all about. Number one, we're all by nature slaves to sin. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, by nature we are slaves to sin. And you might think, preacher, that's an ugly thought, but here's the thing, that is a biblical thought. You might say, Pastor Scotty, I don't think I'm a slave to sin. And here's what I would say to you, you don't know yourself that well. You see, if you knew yourself, you would know how you came into this world. In fact, let me ask you a question. If you have children still in your home, or if you've ever raised a child in your home, when did you start teaching your child to do wrong? How long did you wait until you started teaching them to sin and disobey disobey and break your rules? Let me just ask you this. How long did it take you to teach your child to be selfish? You didn't. They knew by nature how to be selfish. How long did it take you to teach your children how to lie? You didn't have to teach them. They knew. Because by nature, we're sinners. You see, one of the first things children know how to do is be selfish. They get their toys, and what's some of the first words they learn how to say? Mine. Why? Because it's ingrained in our nature how to be selfish. It's ingrained in our nature how to cheat. Nobody had to teach me how to cheat in school. Nobody had to teach me how to steal and lie and try to cover things up. It was already in there when I came into this world. By nature, we are wicked. By nature, we are evil. By nature, we lie. By nature, we are sinners. And that's why we commit sin. It's in our nature. But number two, Jesus paid the price to free us with His own blood. You see, redemption has to be by blood. And I know there's people who come into churches like this, and when we sing about the blood and teach about the blood, they're a little repulsed and they're a little put off when you talk about blood. And I understand because people get a little squeamish around blood. They don't like the sight of blood. But here's the thing. If you take away the blood of Jesus, you have no hope. If you take away the blood of Jesus, you destroy the Christian faith. You see, it takes the blood of Jesus to set us free from our sin. If you want to go to heaven, you have to have the blood. Amen? But number three, redemption means that we are set free from sin. So what does it mean to be free from sin? It means no more guilt, no more anger and despair. The debt of sin is canceled and the chains are broken forever. There's no more fear of hell and there's there's no more anger and despair. There's no more price on our heads and there's no more debt to be paid. You see, that's the message that our world desperately needs to hear. I want to say to somebody today, there is no sin, no matter how bad or awful it is, there is no iniquity so deep within your heart or in your soul that can't be forgiven and wiped away through the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't care what you walked in here with. I don't care how many chains hang around you. The blood of Jesus can change you and save your soul. Amen. You see, I knew where I was and I knew what I had done, but the blood of Jesus saved me and cleansed me. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? This morning, I want to give you five quick truths about redemption. Number one, Jesus Christ is the source 
of our redemption. Paul starts verse 7 with the words, In Him we have redemption. Those words in Him go directly back to the last word of verse 6, the beloved, which is Jesus Christ. Hear me well this morning. It is in Jesus Christ alone that we have redemption because it's when we believe in Him as Savior that we are redeemed. Redemption doesn't come through good works or being good people. We aren't redeemed by joining the church or being religious. Redemption doesn't come through doing more good than bad. And that's how a lot of people see redemption. That's how a lot of people see salvation. That if I can do more good than bad, that somehow it's going to tip the scale with God and God's going to accept me. Hear me. You can never be good enough to be redeemed on your own. I don't care how much good you do. I don't care how much money you give to the church. You can never be redeemed by yourself. There's nothing you can do to redeem yourself and be acceptable to God. Redemption can only come through Jesus Christ, you won't find it anywhere except in the person and work of Jesus. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. It's not in us. It's not in the church. It's not in the denomination. It's in Jesus. Thank God it's through Him. Number two, our redemption can be enjoyed now. Paul doesn't say in Him someday we hope to be redeemed. Nor does it say we're working at obtaining redemption, but we don't know yet if we'll get it until we see whether our good works tip the scale. Paul says, in Him we have redemption. You see, redemption is our current possession and experience. Redemption is a present reality, not past tense. You see, it's true that we're waiting the future redemption of our bodies, but right now, presently, if you are a child of God, if you believed in Jesus, you have redemption in Christ. You see, knowing this should fill us with joy and gratitude and love for Jesus. It should remove fear of judgment and fill us with hope beyond the grave. It should motivate us to live holy and pure. Listen this morning, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as the payment for your sin, God wants you to know and enjoy the fact that He has redeemed you from the bondage to sin. I'm not going to be redeemed someday. I'm redeemed right now. Amen? I have redemption now. I don't have a hope-so salvation. I have a no-so salvation. I'm not waiting to get eternal life. I have eternal life Right now, I'm redeemed right now. I'm going to heaven even though, uh, as though I'm already there. I'm not waiting to see if I take my last breath to find out if I make it. It's as though it's already done. Number three, our redemption was costly. The redemption that we've been given in Jesus is free for the taking. Anyone who will believe can be saved without cost. All who are thirsty can come and freely drink. But even though the redemption that God gives His people is free, it wasn't cheap. Paul tells us that we have redemption through His blood. You see, the moment you came to Jesus, you didn't have to bring a payment in your hand. When you believed on Christ by faith, you were saved by grace. It didn't cost you a dime. You didn't have to pull out your checkbook and write down anything to get salvation. But here's the thing, it cost Jesus everything. It cost Him His life. The price for our redemption was His precious blood. 
When Jesus died on the cross, the innocent was dying for the guilty. He who had no sin died for those who only had sin. When Jesus died shedding His blood on the cross, He satisfied all the demands of God regarding sin. And so now God is satisfied. Let me just say this. You and I could never satisfy God. You and I could never please God. But Jesus died on the cross. He laid down His life on Calvary. And He forever satisfied the demands of God. And so in order to be redeemed, the price had to be paid. And as I've already said, we couldn't pay the price. So Jesus paid the price for us. It's like you owed a debt and you could never have enough money to pay off the debt. But somebody stepped in who had a bigger bank account than you and they paid off the debt. Does that make sense? You owed a million dollars. You don't have a million dollars in your bank account but there's a millionaire out there who has it and they stepped in and paid it. That's what Jesus did. You owed a debt you couldn't pay but He could pay it for you and He stepped in and paid it. That's what He did for us. Aren't you glad that He laid down His life? He shed His blood and He paid the debt that we couldn't pay and He paid for it with His very own blood. He shed His blood to redeem us from our sins. And again, I know there's people that are offended by the blood, but again, without the blood, you can't have redemption. In fact, Hebrews 9.22 tells us this, According to the law, almost everything must be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can take away our sin but the blood of Jesus. Only His blood can cleanse us and make us acceptable to God. Here's what 1 Peter 1, 18, 19 tells us. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Let me ask you a question this morning. How much money would it take for you to pay for even one sin? I'm thinking about the sins of your life, the sins you've committed since you got up this morning. And here's the thing, you've probably committed some since you've been up this morning. you probably thought the wrong thing, said the wrong thing. I believe I said it last week, if you had to deal with children getting them ready to come to church, you had to deal with a spouse before you had to come to church, uh, yeah, you probably done something wrong this morning. Say amen or oh me. We're not perfect. You might not have said nothing, but you thought something. Just shake your head at me. But suppose you paid $5. Do you think you could pay for one sin with that amount? What about $10? Do you think that would cover it? you think God would accept $100 to take away one sin? How about 1000 What if you had all of Bill Gates' money? He's a billionaire. How many sins do you think you could forgive all that money? Can I tell you what the answer is? A great big goose egg. Peter said it's not by silver or gold that we were redeemed. By the blood of Jesus Christ. There isn't enough money in all the world to forgive even one sin, let alone all the thousands that we commit. There's not enough money in Fort Knox to forgive all the sin in our life. You don't have enough money to purchase your forgiveness. You see, down here on earth, money talks. Down here on earth, if you want to be accepted, you need money. But can I tell you what talks in heaven? Blood. 
And if you want to be accepted in heaven, you need the blood of Jesus. That's the only way to be accepted in heaven. It's through the blood of Jesus. Let me move on. Number four. Redemption means all our sins are forgiven. Jesus paid the price for our redemption with His blood and through His death He released us from slavery to sin and gave us forgiveness of sin. You see, when we believe in Jesus, an exchange takes place. We give Jesus our sins and He gives us redemption and forgiveness. This means that God no longer remembers our sins. We are completely forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. And we're completely and totally forgiven. You see, our sins are carried away never to be seen again. And I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. That God forgives me and He forgets about it. Here's what the Bible says, Psalm 103 verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. The prophet Isaiah says this, Isaiah 38, 17. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. You see, when God forgives, He no longer remembers our sins or holds them against us. When He forgives, He forgets. When He forgives, He takes our sin and He puts it away. He takes our sins and treats them as if they were never committed in the first place. You see, through Jesus Christ, it's as if our past never occurred. How many would like your past to go away? That's what happens when you believe in Jesus. Your past goes away. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? Listen, I've done some things in my past that I'm not proud of, but through faith in Jesus, my past went away. Now, others might remember my past. Others might remember me as the drunkard or the pot smoker or this or as that. And Satan might remember this or that. But in Christ, my past is gone. And God doesn't remember those things. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. God's put it away. And as far as He's concerned, it never happened. That's what we have through redemption. Forgiveness of sin. Let me give you one final thing. Number five. Redemption comes through God's grace. Paul says that we have redemption and it's according to the riches of His grace. And this simply shows us that there's no sin too great for God to forgive through the blood of Christ. You see, everything God has done in Jesus comes to us according to the riches of His grace. Hear me this morning. The measure of God's forgiveness isn't according to how much we mourn over sin or how much we beat ourselves up over our sin. But the measure of God's forgiveness is according to the riches of His grace. I want you to think about it this way. If we took up another offering today and someone who is a millionaire gives $20 in that offering, they're giving out of their riches. And here's the thing, just about anyone else could do the same thing. Just about anybody else here today could give $20. But if the millionaire gave $20,000, they would be giving according to their riches. Do you see the difference? You see, God hasn't given us a redemption that has limits, but He's given us a redemption that knows no limits. 
See, God has given us all we have in Jesus according to the riches of His grace. If He merely saved us from sin until we sinned again, that would be a redemption that came out of the riches of His grace. If He set us on the road to heaven and told us to get there the best way we could, that would be a redemption that was out of the riches of His grace. However, when God redeemed us, He didn't do it part way. Listen, God did it completely. Amen. God did it all the way. God didn't partly redeem us and now say, try to fix it the rest of the way yourself. God did it completely and totally. God didn't set limits on His grace toward us. When He redeemed us, it was according to the riches of His grace. And that means we can't sin beyond the grace of God. And I know some of you have problems when I begin to talk about that. Uh, you can't out the grace of God because some of you think, well, people, people's going to go out and sin how, as much as they want to, and they're going to live like they want to. But here's the thing. If you understand the grace of God, you won't sin like you want to. You can't sin like you want to if you understand the grace of God. The grace of God will teach you how to live. In fact, it will motivate you to love God when you understand His grace. But here's what Romans 5.20 says. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. You see, we are saved to the uttermost. And God continues to lavish grace on us from eternity to eternity. I want you to understand today, God's grace never runs out and God's grace never stops. In fact, let me say this. If God's grace ever ran out and if God's grace was ever limited, none of us would be here today. Because along the way, many of us have fallen and fallen hard. And if God's grace stopped coming into your life, you wouldn't have come this far. But His mercies are new every morning. And goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. That's why we're here. Not because we picked ourselves up by our, by our bootstraps and willed ourselves to go on. But according to the riches of His grace, he lavishes on it. It keeps coming in wave after wave after wave that when you fall down, you're able to keep getting back to that wide grace. Amen? Because without it, we wouldn't make it. I'm thankful today for God's grace. I'm thankful today for redemption. Because without it, we couldn't make it. In closing this morning, the old hymn, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, says this, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Those words are either true or they're not. The blood of Jesus doesn't wash away all our sins completely. We're in a lot of trouble because we've got a lot of sin to deal with. If it only atoned for minor sins, small sins, what good's the blood? But I thank God today that the blood of Jesus cleanses and washes us from sin. I'm thankful today that in Him we have redemption through His blood. And that today it can change our lives. And so today I want to encourage you to cling to Him and live it each and every day. Would you stand with me?